The Old Gold Club. Powered by Wolverhampton Building Supplies. The one-stop shop for all your building and DIY products. Uh, hello there, and welcome to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. He's Chris Oelamo. You right there? Very good, thank you. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna be friends today. You've came for me a couple of times this morning already. He's, he's in a funny. I don't mood. know if he's trying to get a big and Keith. I don't know. <laughs> Keith Downing is here, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, uh, Keith. Good afternoon. Uh, we'll, we will talk to you. I promise. Yeah, um, okay. We obviously Carry need to sort our okay. domestic out before we <laughs> we get into anything else. Um, Looms is Looms is a bit annoyed with me because he's a few weeks ago. Regular listeners will know that I went for Looms a bit because I don't know why he has a kitchen, Keith, because he's out for dinner every single night or he's getting a takeaway. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And it's almost now like he's goading me on social media by posting out pictures of his nights out all the time. Even when I cook, he comes for me. Oh, I'm saying that is my food. I've prepared that. No, that's that's never been. It's it's a disgrace. It's way too good for him to have cooked. Way too good. (laughs) Also, by the way, Keith, I don't know whether you've ever done this. I spotted this on his social media the other week, right? Him and his missus have got matching coats. His and hers. There you go. That camouflage coats, just, though. Can I say something right this? No, no, hang on. Yeah. I, I'm, no, I'm no, talking, no, no. I'm, I'm talking to my partner, Keith Danny. put a part story out there. Is I've got a camo coat, and we've bought a dog in the middle of December, and I bought him a little camo coat. It's a, bit, it's a, it's a feminine dog. It's a, it's a pump chase, so a Pomeranian and Chihuahua mix. But he's a cute little fella. So... I, I like the fact that I put a camel coat on and she, she's turned up with a camel coat at the weekend. So we go uh, our Sunday walks, we're all cameled up and he jumps on it. This yeah. is a friend, this is a friend for years. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. He's got matching coats with his dog and his missus. He's got matching swimwear yeah. when he goes on holiday coats, as well. The, the dog's got the coat as well. Same yeah, it's all the same coat. Yeah. Yeah. We don't mess about. We don't mess about. And I cooked as well at the weekend. Cooked, yeah, night before last. Night before that, and you still come for me. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so, Keith, have you ever worn matching outfits no, with your other half? No, 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 not at all. No, I haven't either. No. Strange that, isn't it? Well, actually, you have. <laughs> <laughs> I played football for years, haven't we? Yeah? If you want, to, if you want, to, if you want, to, can I go down to the? Yeah, you spent a large. Yeah, you spent a large part of your career wearing the same gear as most other people <laughs> yeah, around yeah. you, um, which of course now. Has got three lions on it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, last three years been working the the England FA. Fantastic uh, job. I've gone working with the best elite players in the country. So um, great facilities. Seeing a lot of European football. Seen a lot of uh, working with obviously certainly uh, mixing with uh, elite coaches around Europe. So uh, I'm very blessed. Very really, really grateful for the job. Can I ask on that? So I guess academies and football clubs. They try and shadow the first team, so you look at the the the, the main England squad, yeah. and that goes down. Do you have to shadow everything, the way they play, the formation, for the players to get used to that? Because it is, it's a, it's it's learning the knowledge of the game as well. You yeah. know, the players have got the technical and the quality, but it's knowing what it takes. So you see the 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 England first team formations, even little changes, yeah. tweaks, philosophies, identity. It is important that that goes all the way right yeah. down all the ages, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just similar to club club level. I think the the beauty of it, the fact that we we've we've now been in St George's Park for about five six years, so that's a a main base where 
everybody gets together. So that's including Gareth Southgate, the, the you know the, the senior manager. So we 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 have a they call it a DNA, whatever posh word you want to call it. Yeah. So that's a common thread right the way through the age group. So uh, a way of playing, uh, how England teams should look. And then obviously, I don't say it's, we have to be exactly like three-five-two or formation-wise, but certainly the principles of play with and without the ball have to be the same. And and what happens is then is obviously if the if the players then go up through the age groups, it's it's less of a jump or less of a gap, uh, and they're actually more comfortable with it. I've got to say, the last three or four years has been a real real um, common thread throughout the throughout the the age groups there's been a, a lot of people have gone up the same and, and there's a real comfortable feeling I mean I think in the past senior players were saying how difficult it was to get into the environment now it's because I think St George's has helped but yeah. you know because you're on the next pitch to the senior players and things like that and everybody's in and around each other so there's there's definitely a more comfortable um, trans transition through the age groups yeah on that you know I think it's uh there's been great success, 19s, 18s, and I mean against the big, big countries. Yeah. Gareth spoke about over over probably the, the years that England don't play against or don't do well against these big teams yeah. on numerous occasions because I guess it's uh, they don't play them no. often enough. No. But the, the these young teams are coming through with good young players that are playing at that level, yeah. and then they get to a certain age where they're not guaranteed first team football yeah. that must be so frustrating for yourself yeah it is the um, it is the major problem particularly with the with the Premier League um, you're right Chris I think the big thing about it is what the last couple of years of success is that the players are playing against their own age groups they're playing against world opposition the games programme certainly improved so you're playing you know, not just European, but you're playing Brazils and Argentinas and things like that. So when they come up against it in terms of senior level, they've played these kind of players. They've played along in the, in the junior levels. The problem we have at the moment is obviously just giving them some game time and some experience at the age of 18, 19, 20. And it is, it is a common problem at the moment, the fact that Gareth has to pick anything from 27 to 33% in the Premier League. Which is, you know, a third of of, of no other uh, league in the world is like it. No, no. I mean, you look at Germany's Germany and uh, Spain. I think they're they're up to fifty, sixty percent. You know, and and, and we are catch, trying to catch, play catch up. So that is a problem. Obviously, now we've got the fact that now more younger players are starting to think about going abroad and and, and playing abroad and getting regular games. Hudson Adoy is obviously the yeah. the ones on everybody's lips at the moment. Um, so uh, it, it is a problem. Um, I think it's a football problem. I don't think it's just the Premier League. I think it's you know we some some point I think the whole the whole associations have to sit around and, and sort of come up with a with an answer of some sort because uh, the the players are out there. You know, some really good players. I mean, yep. if you, you know, eighties going to the Europeans, twenty uh, ones this uh, this summer, and you've got people like your Foden's, your Sancho's, your your, your Gibbs White from here. Um, you know, then you've got Mason Mount and. Uh, Tammy Abrahams and people, you, know, you can name them. You know, there's just there's a lot, a lot of talented youngsters. We just need to give them the opportunity. But you know what? I'm, I've worked at the senior level, I've worked at domestic level, and you know the bottom line is that these managers need the results. It's a it's a result driven business, and they have to they have to be sure about these boys coming in and and, and playing. So because we were having a debate before you came in about um, Loons was saying, you know, when a when a manager's in trouble or he needs a result or you know things aren't going great. It'll always go to experience. And I kind of put to him, you know, why? Why do we always do that? Is that just because it's 
the generally accepted thing that you go for the experience because sometimes kids who have nothing to fear yeah. come in and can do things. Yeah, but it's just the unknown, isn't it? You know, I think they just you know the managers will worry that you know if, will, will he freeze? Will he, will he be able to you know take the responsibility that kind of thing? And if you've got a senior person who's done the games. Uh, you just they tend to side with that. It's, it's a human nature, yeah. you know. We're not going to be critical here because you know when you're in the hot seat, it's totally different, you know. Yeah. So, um, but it's just, I think what's been good about it is that Gareth has been stuck his neck out and gone. You know what? I'm going to go with the younger ones, and uh, I know that he made a a real stand for that. Just actually, when he was saying, "Can you play play the youngsters?" and him actually going and doing it himself, so he's actually practicing what he preaches. Yeah. So he, he's done that over the last few years, and and as you've rightly pointed out, some of them are really really taken to it. I mean, you obviously have had plenty of experience on both sides of this because obviously you know you were heavily involved and had a couple of spells as caretaker at a certain club down the road <laughs> not supposed to say it oh no I can't believe it um, dark side yeah how did you end up there by the way um, well, I'll tell you a little story I actually came for the two jobs there was two youth jobs going one at West Brom and one at Wolves I was due to come back uh, I was into an interview of two people I didn't get the Wolves one but I got the West Brom one so that's where I ended up playing and went back into the youth system for Albion. That was when Dimatea was in charge. And then uh, just sort of got through, went and be a reserve manager, then got in as assistant with with, uh, with Roy Hodgson. And then uh, obviously as things happen, one or two managers get sacked and then got the caretaker for seven games. So, yeah, that's where I ended up. Cause do you have to be a certain type of character to be a caretaker? Because... I mean, I I haven't just covered Wolves in my time. I was there covering Albion at some of that period as well. And I I, I have to admit at the time, I really felt for you because you're the guy who suddenly has to front up Yeah. when the manager's gone and do everything, pick the team, but also do all the media stuff. We had Terry Connor in on this, doing our podcast a while back. And he said he, the weirdest thing he found when he stepped up when Mick left was suddenly all those other bits of the job that you don't realise. Yeah, yeah, it's... um. I think you get a free hit. That's the one thing, you know, I'm saying caretaker, you know, it's so you're not under that massive pressure to get results. All you're trying to do is just trying to guide it through the, that sort of uncertain period. It's funny you should say, you know, my, my, one of my games was at West Ham when Anelka did the... Um, I was there, yeah. Yeah, so that that all kicked off terribly. Yeah. Um, you know, no coaching course can give you any oh. experience. You just, you're in front of 60 journalists and what's going on, you know, so... Um, that was a that was a real, I would say it was a tough time. It was a real experience for me to to deal with all that sort of stuff. So, I, I quite I quite enjoyed it. I've got to say I quite enjoyed the uh, the six or seven weeks. So, when you look back on it now, and when you compare to what you're doing now, do you want to go back into club work? And whether that's as a manager in your own right yeah. or stick at what you're doing? I, I, listen, I'm, I'm really lucky to play with the be- work with the best players. Um, it's different, you know, when you're when you're um, when you're managing. Uh, it's it's different. Uh, the the pressures are there uh, in terms of getting results. I miss the day to day. I miss the day to day work with 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 everybody, with with the staff and the players. That's the one thing I do miss because you only get uh, five periods of ten days working with international level. So um, I, you never say never. Um, but I've got I've got a very good job at the moment, and I think yeah. it would have to be something that would really attract me to to going. 
you say you miss the day to day. Break it down. What is now your downtime? Because you must be going out and watching these players. Obviously, there's the frustration that they're not getting enough game time as well. Yeah. Uh, I think there was a there was a I don't know if it was an under under 19s or under 20 match where you had basically nearly every scout in Europe yeah. coming. Yeah. That must be a good thing as well. Yeah. Do you say to those players, yeah, get yourself abroad? If you're not playing here, um, surely that must be that must benefit yeah. the, the the international. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I encourage in terms of their contractual disputes or anything like that. I yeah. think the biggest thing for me is when, if you're going to get selected, you need to play. Yeah. So whether that means 23 football or whether it means breaking into your senior football, I think, you know, there's been a bad press about 23 football. I think it has a certain. Uh, bridging as I call it from academy to senior play I think you need to have that bridging maybe for a couple of years tops unless you are a late developer and you know physically you can't Um, but you know the bottom line is they need to be accountable you need to be playing the senior stuff um, for you to, to develop you need challenging all the time don't you so there's a mix. I, I mean, I got I, my daily ba- my daily stuff would be up and down the country. I do. I've just been down to the training ground to do a club visit and see Morgan. Um, I'm doing a lot of that at the moment because we've got a very busy schedule in the summer. Uh, a lot of scouting, uh, a lot of watching games, um, and also back at you know St George's Park where we're, we're sort of having regular meetings on that. We have some coach education stuff as well. So right. it's a full you know it's it's nice because I, I get a nice balance to it. You know I can work from home here and there, and and so you know it's uh, it's not so manic as it is obviously at club level when there's games coming thick and fast. You know. Yeah. You mentioned Morgan. Obviously, he is the great hope. Yeah, for many Wolves fans at the minute who've been desperate for a local lad to come through and take on that mantle that you know maybe was last held by Bully, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think if you said about Morgan for me, he's about his uh, approach to the game. He's uh, he's got one edge. He's got one hell of an edge to him. He he wants to do it. You know, first and foremost, an extreme passion. I know all kids have that, but he's he's just got. He's got that devilment about him. Um, we'll grab. I, I've watched him a few times here. We'll, you know, we'll grab a game um, at a young age. I think that's impressive. Uh, he's got all the tools. Um, I think, like a youngster, just got to use it when, when, and where. You know, decision making. Obviously, when you're a kid, he's a little bit sometimes uh, inconsistent. But um, he's got fantastic attributes. He can play in a variety of positions. You tell me about his best position. I mean, Nuno would probably say that. But uh, I think he's got. Uh, a great talent but also the application and attitude to, to, to get better and want to get better a little, bit of a humbleness about him as well a bit yeah. of humility about him it's a lot more than just having the, the qualities you've yeah. got to have the right mindset and, yeah. and that, that, that mentality isn't it and yeah. that's something that I, I, I totally agree I think yeah. he has that in abundance yeah sure. he's got that um, but again he's in a real huge competition you know, we, you know we're talking about his England career to step into the 21s which is his aim now Um you know, there's a there's a there's a lot of uh, competitive players there. You're talking about your Damari Grays and your, you know, the variety of positions. Your Phil Foden's and and all that stuff. You know, so you know he, he knows he's got to keep pushing and for for both careers, obviously pushing here to be in the regular in the first team. How how different is it? You know, like so. Say you've got the 19s and the 21s. There's players that are probably more established, but maybe not getting game time. Morgan's playing. He's, yeah. he's made a few appearances. That puts them in better stead for yeah. international corps to get into the squad yeah. and for someone that's been in there and maybe played a few games before, surely. Yeah, absolutely. So if you look at Sancho, who who was in my under-19s camp in September, he gets called up into Gareth's 
senior squad in October, so one month. Now, he doesn't do it through. He does it through playing for Dortmund, yeah. and, and and having I think at the, that month I think he had the most assists in Europe. So he gets that attraction through Gareth and Steve Holland. So, um, and and I've said that to Morgan. You, you get in the first team, then obviously your profile gets higher, and obviously you know it's not 19s now looking at you. It's 21s and seniors even. Yeah. So that in its ways probably paved the way for these players to think, you know what, we'll do the we'll yeah. go the Sancho route because yeah. that that it works. You yeah. know, if you've got the belief in yourself. Yeah, and you perform and you're playing games consistently, reaching those levels, then yeah, it does open doors. Yeah. And he's obviously he's the first to do it, and it's, he's, he's obviously paved the way for other people to yeah. think it. Um, and you know, I can see their thinking in it. You know, if they're not getting not getting game time uh, and they're seeing it elsewhere, then yeah, I get it. Um, so it'll be interesting. You know, I, it, just it, just how many do that. You know, um, yeah. and it'd be interesting what happens down at Chelsea with Callum. Are we wrong? Are we wrong to look at these players and say, oh well, you're you're only eighteen, you've got plenty of time. If they're good enough, they should be playing. Shouldn't yeah, they? yeah. There and, is. And, and when they are, when they are given the opportunity and they do take it, yeah, they should be kept in. Yeah, doesn't matter what player, how much money the players on yeah. that they're keeping out. If yeah. he's good enough, yeah, he's yeah. old enough. Yeah, absolutely. But because you know, there's politics in football, and if you're paying somebody X amount, if you're paying, you know, I've paid a fifty million pound player, you know, there's a lot of people who have to play him in in a, in a kind of way. So. I, uh, yeah, there's lots of things that go around it, but you're right. You know, ethically, if the, if the, if the kid's good enough, then you should play. Bringing it back to um, the element of the character needed to play, we had Shale Finjana in a, a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about that. He kind of very humbly and modestly said that he wasn't anywhere near one of the best players around. He just wanted it more, and he worked harder yeah. for it. Um, you obviously went through a similar thing of you were at Chelsea and yeah. then had to drop down and yeah. build things. So do you see a lot of similarities in yourself in that? I'm not saying you're a bad player. Or anything, no, no. But, you, you know I mean? Everyone has their limits, don't they? I mean, you can. Um, I always look at the two. I look at ability and attitude. You've, you, you've got to have a certain amount of ability to get as far as you can. The attitude will take you a little bit further, but you know. It, Listen, you, you, you know, if, if if you if you can't run very quickly or you're not good technically or etc., you'll get your limit and you'll get your ceiling. Um, but no, I, I, for me, it was always about getting the best I could. You know, it, it, that was that was the way. That was the way. I mean, I, you know, have I got any regrets about my career? Not really. I don't. Was I ever top level? No, I, I don't think so. I never had the pure speed or the the technical um, capabilities, but. I, I, I used to my maximum. Everything was, uh, you know, give everything on the pitch. That was the way. I, that was the way I played. But uh, I, I think you have to be careful sometimes. You know, I, you, you, the, the, when you're coaching, not everybody's like you, uh, yeah. and sometimes you have to know what makes them tick. You know, uh, whatever drives you might be something different. And, and especially when you're working, when I worked at domestically, different different cultures, different people. And also background, you know, we're working now with England players. There's a lot of inner city kids and things like that. So, what makes them what makes them work? Um, so sometimes what drives me doesn't drive them. So you got to find out what does. Uh, with this, I guess the schooling that you got at Chelsea, how did that benefit you through your career? How did that prepare you? Um, well, Chelsea at the time, I mean, Chelsea were not Chelsea as it was now. Chelsea were like League Two, um, but they had a real reputation. The Ray Wilkins of this world came through and uh, Clive Walkers and people like that. So there was always a quite high reputation for, for young young players. Um, 
just gave me a, a discipline to work every day to um, to get the best out of it. I mean, we worked really hard. I mean, you know, we were just talking earlier off off air about you know. Um, you know the disciplines about doing your jobs right and and those kind of things and and earning your right kind of you know, yeah. getting into the next dressing room the reserve dressing then to the senior dressing room, so there was always a drive and there was always an ambition. So um, I'm not so sure the youngsters get that now. I think everything's sort of give, given them a little bit money for nothing, you know. But it's a competitive world out there. People trying to get the best players. So that I'm not sure that's a, a benefit to the youngsters of today. Um, we've talked a lot already and a lot of obviously has been about Keith Downing the coach Yeah, we are going to go to the show in a minute where we're going to talk about Keith Downing as the player okay. you'll be glad to know Yeah, um, both on and off the pitch because as you know we've had Ali Robertson <laughs> in before so we're, whilst there's going to be a lot of talk about promotions yeah. and yeah. Sherpa Van Finals there's going to be a lot of talk about digging the dirt. as well yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah so I'm really interested okay. in what we're going to get from there Keith Downing is our guest this week as ever we we have these chats in this part of the podcast and if there is anything that you want us to discuss with our guests then you can always get in contact old gold club at wolves.co.uk at wolves across social media and whilst you're there give a follow to our sponsors wolverhampton building supplies at wv build supplies on twitter the show is coming next Wolverhampton Builder Supplies is your one-stop shop for all building and DIY products. And now they're giving listeners of the Old Gold Club an extra 10% off of the already low prices. It doesn't matter if you're a professional builder or just looking to put up a shelf at home. Just tell them in store that you listen to the Old Gold Club and you'll get an even better price in store. So check them out online at wolverhamptonbuildingsupplies.co.uk then head to their yard at 372 Bilston Road, Wolverhampton or give them a call on 01902 500 140. Welcome along to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows alongside me, Chris Owellamo, and our guest this week spent six years at Molyneux making 228 appearances, making him 61st on the all-time list, scoring 11 goals as well. Welcome to the club, Keith Downing. Thank you very much. That surprises me. 61st. 61st, yeah. I mean, by the way, there is a brilliant photo of you on a, a list that I found as well. I'm going to bring it up for looms in a second because you had some great hair back in the <laughs> yeah, day. I had hair. That's about, yeah. It was, was it the mullet? Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit mullety. Little mull- yeah. um, oh, it's kind of uh, maybe bleach blonde? Uh, no, that's natural. Natural. It's a bit of product in that, Come on. There's definitely a little bit of product in there. Natural. Maybe a bit blow dried a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. You were stylish back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did that equate to the action on the pitch as well? Do you see yourself as a stylish player? Oh, no, I don't think so. I can't remember <laughs> that, no. I don't think any of the old supporters, I don't think they'll remember me as stylish. But uh, no, I mean, I, uh, I didn't spend much time in the mirror. Don't think I did. Don't think I did dressing rooms. Uh, Bully had his skinhead, didn't he? So he was in and out pretty quick. Um, it doesn't strike me as a as a mirror-looking no, team no, at that probably point. probably not. No, not the blessed, were we? We weren't blessed. It's a good team, though. Good team, yeah. Um, great memories of the team. Just a real... Do you know what? I actually look at it and I think, you know, I've had time to think about it. You know, we were all kind of... Um, we were all kind of rejects, really. You know, we were a team that was, um, you know, obviously trying to prove 
to other people. I mean, you look at the Albion, that's well documented. Obviously, Ron Sorders letting Tomo go and Robbie Den and Bully. You know, I came from Notts County, never really established myself at a young age. So we were all and Phil Robinson. I remember coming from Villa. Um, just guys that were obviously trying to prove a point, and I think just sort of gelled so well. Um, and it was a, it was a, it was a tough team to play against. A very powerful team, and obviously massive threat with Bull and much up front. It was obviously 1987. You come from Notts County. You said you wanted to never really establish yourself. Was that? You obviously had great knowledge of Wolves. Yeah. Was it a hard choice? Was it a, a fear or was it just that determination in yourself to say, I need to go make my name? Yeah, I just wanted to get going. Chris, I had 25 games in three years at Notts County. Um, I was living down the road. Um, I'm in between the Black Country and Birmingham, a place called Quinton. Um, yeah. Mates up the road used to do, go and watch Johnny Richards and, you know, and... Uh, Phil Parks and so and I used to tag along and go and go and watch so I I had a great you know so affinity with the place you know I just knew what it was like obviously it was well documented that it had obviously fallen apart um, you know two sides of the ground water coming through the dressing room cockroaches in the bath yeah. but it was uh, and I, you know looking back at the team you know we, we all knew that was the case and we all sort of you know, a bit of a siege mentality just got on with it you know and um Built some great friendships, you know. Like in football, you don't you ships in the night. When you meet these guys on reunions, it's like you, you know, you've known them from, you know, seen them yesterday. You yeah. know, just some great characters in there. A lot of youngsters as well, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, you had obviously the, some older players, Ali Robertson. Well, Ali Rob one. looked after us, you know, socially in terms of and and, and on the pitch, of course. But you know, he he, he took us under the wing and. Um, but they had some existing players, you know, John Purdy Perd, and uh, you know, Mickey Holmes. Uh, Muchy was still here, obviously. So, yeah, it, it was, uh, I suppose if you look back, it's probably a transition period, really. You know, we've just sort of all, all got brought together in one go. And I don't think the club could have got any lower, you know. Um, and, you know, with Graham, Graham Turner was just... Uh, really good manager in terms of knew what we were doing very simplified played up to the front two backed it up we were very we were pretty fit you know, looked looked you know in terms of, I know we had our social night days and nights but you know we worked hard it's good management isn't it Graham Turner obviously Ali Robertson coming in the experienced head yeah. how important was that that you did gel and build those relationships off off the pitch to actually come and do do what you did on yeah I mean I know it's it was the thing to do you know the social stuff went with with the actually on the pitch stuff so we were we all went out you know it was not wasn't just one or two we, we were all all together you know he was all, adamant Ali said that oh, he yeah, made, yeah, he made yeah, that he yeah, made that a must absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd come for you for the next day but he didn't, you know, so. um, no he was, he was Ali was a you know, big belief you know we, we, we play together you know and we obviously socialised together and that, that was that gelling period so yeah, and I think the th- fact that we were all on a similar age, so not many of us were married and responsibilities, so we were all sort of yeah. single and getting out there. And but we we, we fought fought for each other, you know. Um, and you know, it was just a my best my best playing days by by a mile. Because it we we were talking on the way into the studio today, so as we were walking over, and you were telling me that. Tuesdays, because I've heard about the Tuesday Club. Obviously, yeah. I commentate with Andy Thompson. Ali has been in. Yeah. Tuesdays was running, and then oh, you drinking. never, never, never saw a ball. 
back at the Molyneux, you, you were just absolutely running around the track, 3,000 metres the first one. I mean, it's still etched in my mind, you know, I still wake up in the middle of the night, and it was then, you know, you had six full laps, and then that was had to be a certain time, and you had to have an extra one, and it was six half laps, and you were literally, you know, hanging after after the after the day. But then it was back out, and you were you were out up, up the local town and enjoying your join your social stuff and Ali and I think those days you couldn't uh, you couldn't I think the, the time would uh, obviously there was you only could only drink till one o'clock or two o'clock and then Ali would have a place in Birmingham that he'd sorted out and we would be off down to Birmingham you know so um, and I remember, actually I worked with Graham at Hereford and uh, Graham Turner and Graham used to say he used to hear people oh they're in the town again you know and he said but the, the problem was we kept winning yeah. so he, he couldn't he couldn't sort of hit on us and said, "Look, you know, that's that's got to stop." So, yeah, it was a young group. When did the the real realization kind of like hit that they had the potential and was and was had that belief that you could go on and achieve what you did? Uh, I think quite early on. I mean, I came, uh, the, the, Chris. I think I came in the back of them just missing out on the playoffs against yeah. Aldershot. So the momentum was already building. Um, so I came in the summer. My first game was against Scarborough, which was infamous Scarborough uh, when all the trouble broke out uh, away at Scarborough. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the momentum was already there. And I think, obviously, adding two or three, four players to the squad, it was... Um, and I think that the evidence is, obviously, we got goal power. Um, and uh, I, I think... We we quickly sussed it. I think we were actually on a, on a, on our way, uh, just missing out on the playoffs of the next, obviously. And I think speaking to Graham in, in the past and said he probably was grateful for it's all right in hindsight, but grateful to miss out on that older shot mm. game because he, he he obviously strengthened the team and uh, it was ready to go again the following year. So we went up through you know the old dip fourth division and straight away into the third division. So we always had that momentum all the way for two or three years. Yeah, I guess was it just fun. <clears throat> When you've got a team like that and a striker like Bully is scoring the kind of goals he is, it must just be fun to play in. It was, it was fun to play and it was the club itself as well that you could see it gathering momentum and more and more people coming through the turnstiles. I mean, it was like, and your away games was, you know, like a home game, two, three thousand travelling and, uh, yeah, it was just like, it was just like a momentum way and you just, it was just going and no one could stop it. Because uh, we talked a little bit about the Sherpa Van final when Ali was in, and I, I keep saying to people, it's like the more you, the longer it goes on, and the more people you talk to, the more Wolves fans were actually there that day. Yeah, yeah. And I think the figure was about fifty thousand, but yeah, there's so. probably about two hundred thousand that claim they were there. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I've only played Wembley once, and grateful for that but I remember just coming out and 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 you're right there was 45,000 just turned around and the noise was incredible absolutely incredible in fact the fact you know affecting me sort of first breathing first two or three breaths you know been had to get acclimatized to it um that was an incredible incredible day uh, never had any doubts about you know winning it we, we we just had a massive confidence through 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 that season um great day and and and, and I think it's just gathered over the over that two or three year period. It was just incredible to be around it. What what would you say? You know, obviously <clears throat> experiencing that success. Why why didn't it quite kick on from that then? Yeah, I, I think at the time then I think Graham had Graham Turner had two or three attempts at it with the existing team that had gone through the lower leagues. Yeah. Uh, so we'd had a go in the championship, two or three goes. I think we just I don't know, stats. I think we just missing out. So it was playoffs then. Mid-table finishes, yeah. 
And then Sir Jack came, and which was the best thing that ever happened to the club. You know, he 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 sort of bought the club and 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 then started to build the stands. And I think Graham then had uh, more opportunity then to add players. You know, Jeff Thomas came in, Dave Kelly came in, Don came in, uh, and the the old sort of rear guard was sort of broken up. And I think Muchie went to Swindon, and, and I left to Birmingham. So. Uh, to answer your question, I've probably just just had a ceiling. We just had the limitations that we probably couldn't take it that next step. Yeah. Um, fairness to Graham, he gave the opportunity to the majority of players that have sort of got him up in the lower leagues. Which you'd expect from yeah, a lot of loyalty yeah, there yeah, as well. Absolutely, I mean, there's not, no complaints at all. I was left. I, I left in '94 uh, on a free transfer. Uh, I'd had 30 games in that year. It was a bit of a surprise to me. I, I didn't expect that I was going to get sort of um, moved out that quick, but. I can see, you know, especially now and older head on, you know, I could see that yeah. um, it needed to change up and break up. And that is a key thing, though, isn't it? Because I, I did look at the numbers, and it, in most people, you can kind of see a pattern that you can see. Yeah, they kind of came towards the end of their time at the club. But as you say, you were playing a large number of games in each of those last two, three seasons. Yeah, yeah, it did come as a shock. I mean, I. I, I I walked in. Obviously, those days, you'd, everybody would, everyone had a slot to go in f- every fifteen minutes to see what you were doing, you know. Um, and it came out. I, I didn't see that coming at all, you know. Um, but you know, I, I, uh, it was it was a surprise. And I've got to say, I mean, uh, it, it was my uh, it was my club, and it was it was a big shock, and I was yeah. really upset about it, you know. But uh, you move on, and you know, had the opportunity to go down to Birmingham. Um, yeah, it was a, it was not not ex- not expected. Did you feel like you still had more in you at Wolves? Yeah, yeah, I still had more. Um, but I, I could see Graham, you know, having suddenly now opportunities and more money to go and spend. And obviously, you know, Jeff Thomas being an ex-England international, more quality than I have, you know, he's obviously trying to take it to another level. So, um, yeah, I, I, the only thing is I look back and I, I probably... <coughs> the, the, I wasn't replaced by my type of player. You know, Jeff had more about him in terms of getting forward and mm. things like that. I was the kind of the the destroyer in midfield. So uh, the only thing is, my my thought was well, they, they never really replaced my game. Yeah. Um, but Graham was trying to develop it and take more so of the th- team. This is the old head speaking now, looking back. What yeah. about that player then? How? Because that must have been really, really hard. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was. I mean, I know the Express and Star were trying to get us, trying to get a message from me. You know, trying to get in, saying, "Look, what do you think?" That's a massive surprise. And uh, and uh, it's funny. You know, uh, I'm glad I never sort of reacted to yeah. it because actually Graham took me to Hereford in his back end of the days and it started my coaching career. So. I was pleased. I never sort of said anything that I should have said, you know, or felt that I should have said, and uh, just kept my professionalism and said, "Look, you know, it's the way it is. It's the times, times finished. You know, it's not not what I wanted, but that's the way it works." Because you mentioned those kind of seasons, so eighty-seven, eighty-eight, uh, you win the fourth <coughs> division, ninety points. Eighty-eight, eighty-nine, you win the third division, ninety-two points. And then what was kind of Division Two at the time, yeah. which became Division One, which became the Championship, tenth, twelfth, eleventh, eleventh. Yeah. Given you know, Sir Jack had come in at that time, and the, the optimism, I guess, and the positivity that your group had grown through. Why do you think? Do you was just an element of too much too quickly maybe those back to back promotions yeah, was too but, much but I, I think 
as I said before, that momentum uh, was key. Not not getting through the playoffs that first one and all the shot, but then strengthening the team to do the two divisions. Um, I just think we fell short. Those stats tell you something a little bit, you know, just mid-table. I mean, we'd, we'd have periods where we were going well and then we suddenly couldn't win a game in six or eight games and Graham became under a bit of pressure and then obviously Jack coming in. Um, the expectancy then is to do well yeah. with the money you've got um, and, and ultimately Graham, Graham, you know, failed in the end because he, he couldn't, take, couldn't take the club up. But... Nice. Um, it just had a ceiling. I think yeah. he just... Because uh... one of the big noticeable things from the stats as well, and this is only a league, but you know, it was 82 goals in the promotion in Division 4, 96 goals in the promotion in Division 3. And then, obviously, it's, it's harder at a higher level and that number drops down to the 60s. Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, Bully and Muchy scored most of those. You know, Bully scored 52 in the first and 50 in the second in, in the lower leagues. Um yeah, uh, was there enough goals in the team apart from M- Bully and Muchy? I mean, Robbie would always chip in, Robbie Den would chip in, uh, Tomo with his penalties. Um, you know, I, there comes a time where you need a bit more, don't you? You know, in the levels you got, um, probably didn't have enough goals in the team without Bully and Muchy. And, you know, that's where people like Jeff and Paul Cook came in. I mean, I was play Cookie with Cookie the last couple of years, and he's the creator, and uh, they just needed probably a bit more looking at the stats. People there. talk about Paul Cook and. You know, his passing ability. Yeah, he's and liking player. it to like Ruben Neves now. Oh, he could. Yeah, he could. Uh, he got a fantastic left foot cookie. I mean, um, he was he was a top player. Would you say that was the expectation from the fans, the club? Was that evident on the players when they did? Because success brings greater expectation, yeah. doesn't it? Is that a, an extra pressure that, yeah, that maybe yeah, the players bit. felt? Because they didn't feel it for the first year or two I think you know the momentum was with us there were, the crowd was with us because of the success earlier yeah. uh, I think probably the third year the third year in the, in the division started to get a little bit ramped up and I, as I said you know uh, Sir Jack was a fantastic thing for, for us at the, at the club but uh, obviously the money expectancy and things I think people then just started to demand that we need a bit more um, and not being in the top division for many many years you know it was uh and then obviously history shows, you know, they brought in the ex-England manager, Graham Taylor, and, and, and everyone had an attempt to try and get back up, but um, it eluded us until, I think it was 2003, wasn't yeah. it? Because yeah, so. did you feel that weight of history when you played? And I know the club was very different <clears throat> in its doldrums when you arrived, but you knew where this football club had been before. Yeah. And quite a few people who've been in, and even like, you know, John Richards used to say that when he was there... You had kind of the greats of the fifties and sixties were kind of still around, mm-hmm. and and I guess if you're there, then you've got the greats of the seventies. thing, yeah. John, well, John was just down. I think John came in and did, uh, had a role here as well, John Richards. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember watching them. So, you know, the Kenny Hibberts of this world. So, but I think the fact that we were so low that the club had sort of you know, fallen completely. Um, it was just the here and now, you know. It was the case of actually just trying to... The history side of it uh, wasn't so important. It was just the fact trying to get it back into... And knowing that the fact that the club had was a sleeping giant, that actually if you did yep. get it going, it was going to just go twofold. And, and that's you know, that was that was the, probably the aim of it. And it happened, you know. Because do you think that's important for now? That, you know, we will always have a look back at the history. You've got to know where you come yeah. from to celebrate it. But almost not let the great times of the football club 
overshadow what could be great times to yeah, come. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to create your own history, haven't you? You know, and, and you know, that's 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 the important thing. Never never neglect it, you know, the, the Billy Wrights. I mean, Billy was still around. Uh, what a fantastic gentleman he was, you know, and he was there and he was urging, the you know, even back then in the bottom league to go and do well. And um, no, I think it has its... It has its place, but certainly you can't uh, it can't choke you. You know, you know, at the end of the day, you know where it is, and you try and create something for yourself. Because you talk about some of those games where you had these big crowds, even following you away from yeah. home. Just what was that like when you rock oh, up somewhere? It was incredible. I mean, I, it's in my debut. I mean. Uh, <coughs> You heard about the Scarborough thing. You must know about the Scarborough. Uh, well, there's lots of stories about yeah. all this stuff. Incredible. I mean, that was my that was my debut there, and uh, you know, Scarborough had a six foot wall. That was it, and everyone was just hopping over it. <laughs> and it was, you know, they were obviously just come out of the non-league. Yeah. So never equipped to handle, you know, three four thousand people coming in. Guy fell from the roof. He was on top of the roof, and he was up and down. We were doing the warm up, and he fell straight through, sixty foot down. Thought he thought he was dead. Came out. Big neck collar around him, fans shouting loyal support. His arm came up, waving to the crowd. It was it was just my debut, you know, coming in there thinking. And then the chip van van was on fire behind it. Graham had to go out and say, "Look, calm down. Let's get you know. We need to play the game." There was a doubt whether the game, the police were going to stop it. Incredible day, and you're thinking, you know, don't advocate the trouble, but the passion and the support there was yeah. incredible, you know. Um, so, and that followed us around, and it just got bigger and bigger. And it's a shame. I, I, my only regret here is I never played in front of the four sides. I just wish it was a, you know, I only played sort of South Bank and um, yeah. and this this stand, you know, Billy Wright stand. But um, yeah, it just grew, momentum grew, and you know, there was uh, we just knew it was going to grow because of the, the size of the club. I guess I think the, the fans are so important. I think before I came to Wolves, uh, if you if you could, could get mix it up and get in the faces of Wolves, the fact that they can get on the, the team's back. Yeah. But you've seen you've seen the best of them as as I did when yeah. I came here, yeah. and it is it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah. The, the fans, the support yeah. that, they, that they give. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I came back as a coach, and I know obviously then you know expectancy expectancy then rises. But uh, you're right, Chris. I think I think with with Wolves fans, they they. They're really passionate. And if you show passion and play with passion and, and really commit to the club, then they'll get behind you. They, they'll, they'll forgive the odd one or two yeah. you know, errors and things like that. But I think if you, if you wear your heart on your sleeve and you, and you show you're, you're prepared to commit for the club, they'll, they'll get right behind you. You know, it was a shame. I was, I was there with, with Robbie Den, and R- R- Robbie was an absolute class act, you know, in terms of a winger that could drop either side, you know, and balance opponents. You know, produce a free kick, um, and they used to get it, Robbie. You know, because he never had that sort of, you know, that get up and go and and and, and get after people. Yeah. Um, but he was a quality player, Robbie. You know, and I think in the end they he, he won them over through, and I think they realised what you know qualities he had. You know, is there something about being a local player as well that you get them? You uh, get the fans on a different uh, level, I maybe. Don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it was just the fact that you know you just show that you're committed to the club, work hard every day, leave everything on the pitch, and um, I think they'll forgive the, the the errors that you make every now and again. You know, because you think you know people. We were talking about Morgan Gibbs White before on the podcast, and it's that thing of <coughs> I think you know fans love to see the local lad. 
Yeah, I, maybe more so in the modern game now because there's not so many going through the through the system locally. Um, back our day, there was more more local lads playing. So, and obviously now there's more foreign element in the team. So, yeah, I think there's a bit more now an emphasis of homegrown players. Do you ever find that? I mean, because you had Carl Henry in your group, and we know he's very passionate about. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important. You know, I think uh, you know Carl came in and he led by example. You you, you have that kind of touch with it, the the community and things. But like you said, we, we spoke about it before about how teams have been like uh, associated with the, the two thousand and nine and teams that have came before. I just got on with, with my job. You, you came in, you, you had the job to do. You never really knew what was going on when we sat and had Carl in front of us. He was very. He knew exactly what was going on around because he was he was in the mix, you know. I think uh, for myself again, being being local, not so far. You know exactly what what the words are out on the street, and I think yeah. that's that that's an important <coughs> thing that can drive you on, but can also make you you buckle as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Chris is right. I mean, you you end up, um, you know, you might be in your local, and you get get a few of your lads having a moan and say, yeah. "What happened there, Saturday?" You know. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's. You get a feel and, and and what what the what the communities, you know, uh, they'll they'll tell you straight, won't they? After the, after the time, <laughs> you know. So um, it was. Uh, I loved I loved my time here. Really did. It was still best times of my playing career. Really was. Yeah, because as you say, you went off to to Blues, but you only stayed there for a year, and you went to Stoke, <clears> and only stayed <throat> there a yeah. short period as well. It's kind of it never quite. No, never. I mean, I I I had a nasty injury at Blues. Uh, that was about my third game in. I'd sort of dislocated my ankle, so that was out for about eight eight months. And then obviously Barry Barry Fry turned up, and Barry um, we used to have about forty players there. Um, so obviously I got moved out of there. And then same similar thing happened at Stoke. Went to Stoke under Joe Jordan, and then Lou McCarry came back in and. And it's like anything, you know. Managers have their own preference of players and things, but I never, it never got going after that. I think my ankle didn't didn't help either. I, mean, I think obviously I wasn't the same player after that, really. You know, I think it was difficult for me to come back and do what I did at Wolves, really. Um, then ended up sort of Cardiff and Hereford, I think it was, and I finished at 32. So it's quite an early age to finish. Yeah. As a as a player, was it always coaching and management? Was that always in the? In the yeah, in the, in the... yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I was. I, I got my full badge as it was called then at twenty eight. So I, I did it when I was playing. Um, just loved the the coaching element, the, the sessions and things like that. I had a real interest in it. Um, and then while while I was at Wolves, I also took the under fourteens on a Sunday and things like that. So I got myself right. involved in that. Yeah. So I was I was always keen to to to, to go coaching and. Uh, yeah, it's always been a passion of mine, yeah. Um, we did talk, by the way, on the <coughs> podcast about why you ended up at Albion and not here. So if you want to yeah. find out the yeah. reasons behind that, um, you can check out the full podcast, which will be available to download from all the usual places. We're going to finish off on our Facebook, YouTube and Twitter show with what we call the rundown. Okay. So who was the best player that you played with at Wolves? Um, well, it's an obvious one, Steve Ball. I think he's just the fact that he scored the amount of goals that he did. Um, yeah, I think he was he was phenomenal in terms of and you know, Bully. He was I don't know how many hat tricks he got, um, but he got a boatload of hat tricks. You know, and he was just one of those that would just goals. He'd, he'd want two, he'd want three, he'd want four. Even in training, 
training, he'd know exactly what he scored in training. And um, for me, it, it was it, it was uh, he he was phenomenal in terms of. And people give him a disservice a little bit, you know. I, he had more he had more skill than people, you know. It, it wasn't just a battering ram. He had the ability to hit the ball on the turn, different types of finishes. Um, you can't look beyond him. He was he was top. Uh, worst trainer at the club. Oh, worst trainer. <laughs> Uh, golly, you know what? They were all pretty good. All pretty. Um, that's a tough one, that Chris. What's the the first Keith Come on, just throw someone under the I'm bus. Gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, do you know what? I probably. It's tough. <laughs> it is tough. <laughs> See, this not, do you know what? I'm even, I haven't even got anybody in mind, and I've just just some. Um, this from a group who used to go out drinking every Tuesday night and didn't train on a Wednesday. No, no. Um, I think Ali said it. Ali Robertson said he did, never allowed it. He kept. He, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. there would be something yeah. said. Um, did Ali give an answer? Was Ali? No, I don't think he did. You know, I think he said you wouldn't be allowed to be yeah. a bad trainer. Um, do you know what? I really can't say. I can't throw anybody, uh, and I would do. <laughs> you know, but I can't say that anybody sort of didn't do it. And in fairness to Graham, Graham wouldn't let you. You know, you'd be yeah. right on it. You'd be a ton of bricks, Graham. Flipping that, you know, you knew about it. Yeah. Okay, this one might be a bit easier. Who was the biggest moaner? Uh, biggest moaner. Um, I've got to probably say, uh, Muchy always piped up a bit. Muchy always had something to say. Um, yeah, he was probably the one that always sort of chirped up a little bit about things. Yeah, Muchy. Okay. Uh, who was your best friend at Wolves? Um, I had many of them, many, and I still have them now. Um, best friend was probably Rob Kelly, who didn't quite make it at Wolves. He had a, a back injury and finished. Um, roomie with Robbie Robbie Dennison, big roommate with him as well. So them two. Um, who had the best and who had the worst dress sense? Worst dress set was uh, Rob Kell. He had the worst. Uh, the best was probably somebody like Nicky Clark. Young Nicky Clark, always uh, always out for a night out, always came out with some nice gear. So he was the best one, and uh, Rob Kell was... Uh, remember that time when the House Martins were in? Yeah. Yeah, just a simple plain jumpers, and he used to get hammered every time he walked in. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with plain jumpers, <laughs> no, Keith. No, plain jumper, yeah. He used to get hammered. Who was the, the funniest player that you played with at Wolves? Um, Digger Barnes. Digger Barnes was hilarious. Yeah, I only met him for about six months. He was, he was incredible, like... Um, Come up with all, you know. He, he, there was one, one day he, had, he just came up and he had his white suspenders on. Just took, <laughs> so he, he took his trousers off and he started his white, white. Uh, she, he had his, the, the wife's suspenders on and he'd just look around as if nothing else had happened and you'd just see him getting changed. <laughs> he's got these on, but he's crackers, absolutely crackers. <laughs> um, we would normally ask who's the best manager you worked for, but there was only one. So I'm going to go straight to what was the best goal you scored. I think I've got two. Can I have two or one? Oh, it depends how good the one was. Well, the one that, that took us through, uh, one of the bully got two in the semi-final against Notts County, a volley on the edge of the box. That was at the South Bank end. So that took us through to the, that was a semi-final against Notts County. That was the area final. Then we obviously went down to Wembley for it. So that's probably has, a, has a, some uh, significance. It, yeah. I could throw in the Oxford one as well. Go on, tell me through. Yeah, South Bank end, came back, wind against... 45 yards out. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Top corner. 
Yeah, there have a go. look at it, you two, if they've got it, or Beta Max. Wind, oh, he will, he will do, he'll get it off. Wind, <laughs> wind against 45 yards. 45, maybe 48 <laughs> yards. 48. <laughs> it gets further. Yeah. 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 Is this like Brilliant. another Sherpa the goal, thing? Watch, the goalie doesn't even move. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, Keith... Let's just keep up with under-19s, doesn't it? Let's just go, watch it, oh, watch that space. Yeah, start every meeting with it, you know? Yes. <laughs> to be honest, if the, if the goalkeeper's not moved and it's gone 48 yards, I'm asking questions <laughs> of the goalkeeper against the wind as well. Wind. <laughs> That's brilliant. Goodness me. What was uh, what was the best game that you were involved in for Wolves? Uh, Sherpa van, De- definitely Sherpa van. Yeah, um, uh, that obviously s- speaks for itself. Uh, league games probably Sheffield United when we when we went up um, from League One, two two draw. That was a full house here. Sheffield went up as well, same time. Um, that was funny because the whistle blew and it was a free kick right at the death and everyone went off celebrating. Sheffield went off celebrating because they were promoted. We went off and the game was still, was still going on and the free kick and all that stuff. So that, that was that was great, a great night as well. And what was your proudest moment at Wolves? Um, being a captain, I know it's not reg- it wouldn't be showing up, but I think I'd captain about two or three games. So only three injuries, but sticking the armband on yeah. for your, your boyhood club. Yeah, definitely. The Old Gold Club, powered by Wolverhampton Building Supplies. Get 10% off in store when you quote Old Gold Club. So that was the show, on with the podcast. Right, I did this for Steve Daly, so I'm going to do it for you as well. So um, we've got YouTube up. Yeah. So what am I searching for? Uh, I'd go with the Oxford goal, Keith Downing, Oxford United. Okay. I'm just literally going to search Keith Downing, Oxford United, and see what... Wolves v Oxford, April 90. Yeah, that's the one. Is this the game? That's the goal, mate. Goodness me. Watch it. First, uh, uh, You knew this was on there, didn't you? No. You knew it was no, on I've there. No, I've never... Uh, well, that's a, I've That's a bit convenient that that was straight for no, the I've search. Seen, I've, seen, I've seen it before. Barclays League Division 2. Look at the graphics that's, that's on the, this bad boy. championship that was then. See? Nice little work down the right. Here it is. Oh, oh he does stop that is a left footer. What a beauty. That's not 48 yards, though, by the way. I'm not having that. 49? Yeah, <laughs> it's good, good 40, 45 yards. 45 yards. I'm get myself home, get myself on YouTube, I think. Yeah. Get myself feel better. What do you think? I mean, it is, it is a lovely, lovely strike. It's a, you say back on the left foot. It's premeditated as well. Oh yeah, knew it was going yeah, there's no, there's no like oh. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> there's no like oh I might cross this. Yeah, this is uh, that was. Look at the surprise of the goalkeeper. He's just shocked of probably me, isn't it? Head down. So he's come for another watch on it. Head down. Swerve. A little bit of swerve away. The goalkeeper doesn't dive. He's running. Could the crowd behind him, isn't it? And um, what I love about it as well is it's one of those where the keeper's been beaten from distance, not dived. And he does that classic goalkeeper thing, Looms, where he immediately turns around and starts criticising his defenders. Not shooting it down. <laughs> as if any of them could have done any of it. It's nice, though. It's a good goal. I'll give just, you that. Just stick the Notts County one, see if you can get one on there. <laughs> Notts County semi-final. Keith Downing, Notts County. I'm going to write semi-final. Let's see. No, it's not like no. What was it? That was the Sherpa Van semi-final. Sherpa Van. Let's just put Sherpa Van. Just had the old videos, didn't I? 
So can you tell us about the, the transition going into the coaching side of it then? You know, obviously 32 years old. Yeah. What, you know, I, I was I was assistant manager at Chester in the non-league under yeah. John McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, and as you, you're back in the dressing room, there's a lot more, more responsibility yeah. on you. You're that bridge in between. Yeah. You know, I think because I had a couple of years of retirement, I went back to university I want to get back into the game. I've got my license and all yeah. that, and and coaching it is it's it is something very special, isn't it? You yeah. Do, you have to have a love for it, don't yeah. you? Yeah. I think I think the first year or two is really hard. Yeah. Really, really hard. I look back and um, I mean, you, you got all your badges and things of it. Your structure. You're dealing with with players on a daily basis. Um, I find that I, I, I found it really tough. I was only. Um, I was at Hereford, which is similar to you. I was in. Uh, they'd just gone down at the league, yeah. national league. Okay. So, um, and what happened as well, Chris? I was at, it, Graham was in charge of the whole thing at Hereford, and Hereford then the bottom dropped out, lack of money. Graham went upstairs, and actually went, "You're going to take it on a daily basis. I'll take it on the. I'll take it match days, but you do the daily stuff. We'll have a chat in the mornings. Tell you what I want." You crack on and do it. So I had to buy apprentices and I had sort of like 24 players just to go out and do it. So you're talking about a lot of throwing in the deep end, really. Yeah. And that's what I found really, really hard. But probably the best thing that ever happened because I was in the. Because you're thrown in, you don't have time to think no, about it, no. do you? And that was probably, <coughs> I think, over a year or so. That was that was hard. Really found it difficult. So on that, you're saying you'd have that chat with, with Graham Daly and you're yeah. saying, this is what I want. Yeah. But then, what about when it came down to you and you had to then structure it? To, so that obviously put you in good stead. Yeah. To go out there and say, right, manager wants this, boom, 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 yeah. and put it all in. Yeah. Is it, is it, that's a bit easier, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than you be the man yeah. and say, right, yeah. I want this. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I done my, my, my A licence with, with Lee Johnson, and I remember he came in at Oldham uh, when we were yeah. still. We got, we got uh, the duty, came in and we passed the A licence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me the 23s to, to, to coach. Uh, and it's something that he said that stuck with me. It's like when he comes in at half time or after a match and he'll come at a player and say this, this, this. He says, for that then to be forgot about, mm-hmm. that's, bad, that's poor management. Yeah. He says he'll then incorporate something in his sessions to improve yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that negative, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. Yeah. of the player if yeah. it's in a session, if it's individually working with them. Yeah. Because he says, what's the point of me having a go yeah. if I'm not going to work? And, yeah. it's, and it's, it's, it's so important yeah. that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you, the art. I think the art of being a coach is the fact, or a manager, or whatever it is, is to is to get them, get players to buy into the way you're thinking, and to get them to feel that you're for them. You're trying to work with them. You're trying to, you're trying to get, you know. And sometimes it's a bit of tough love. Sometimes you'll, you'll have a go at him, but you know there's a reason why you're doing it. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the key to get that. To get that sort of relationship with people, to to try and get them to, um, a to buy into your way you think and the way you work. I mean, it's like we've just talked about. We have loads of meetings in the FA. <coughs> you know, we're talking about what. what you, I think it's about creating the environment and the culture within yeah. the club. I mean, it's, you, you look down the road now with Nuno. I mean, he's, there's a culture and environment where, mm. you know, it's about the team and, and team first and things like that. And 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 they create that every day. Um, and that's by probably working with your players. Just as important, you know, it's like your first eleven looks after itself. It's the ones who are out the yeah. team. Yeah. How do you get them to buy into it? And how do you get them motivated and to 
to try and get into it. But you, you said earlier about like everyone is different. You yeah. have to manage people differently yeah. as a collective. That as a like, it is, it's a hard thing. It's yeah. like one of those things you think, like, wait a minute, how am I going to get the best out of them yeah. as a collective? Yeah. You can go individually and say this or yeah, yeah. be tough love. But yeah. that, that that for me, I found that very yeah. difficult. Yeah. There was difficult points where I'm sitting on the sideline and, and you're, you've got your team and you're 2-0 you're down. Yeah. And you're giving the information and you're look, the players looking in the eye and you can see yeah, there's, there's nothing, nothing there yeah, yeah. because they're getting battered. Yeah. And it's like, you can't affect it. No. As a coach, you've given information yeah. and it's down the responsibility of someone else to put yeah. that into action. And yeah. that, that, for me, I found very difficult. Very difficult. Because when you're on the pitch, you can sit and say, you can talk, you can communicate, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get in here. And it's so much easier, but... Yeah. To do that as a coach, that's difficult. I, I, you know, more and more looking at that, like the Peps, and I look at the, 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 they have a philosophy. I think what they do is they stick to their philosophy. What they do, so whatever way it is of playing, I think they stick to it. So even when couldn't, we, I think we lost. We didn't get a win for six games, was it? Yeah, was it? yeah, and then beat Chelsea. Yeah, yeah but he didn't really deviate. He might have dropped one into an extra one midfield. I think he went with a three-five-two instead yeah. of. A, I think that was the only slight thing, but he still kept his still yeah. kept his way of playing. That's how he, and I think that has some power within the team. You know, you, 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 we believe this is the way we're going to play, and win or lose, we're going to play our keep way. Doing the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and I know sometimes you think, oh, well, that's that's a sign of madness if you keep doing the same. You're not winning, but it's something like as a player you cling on to. So that's what we do. That's what we do. We keep doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bit like the England thing. You know that's that's our, that's the DNA. That's what we're doing. Um, so when we lose to Germany two 0 the one the two one at over in under twenties, the German coach came to him and said, M- "Massive well second half." He said, "Usually England teams will bish it to the thing and, and start to panic a bit and and, try and get, He said, "You can keep playing, get playing and keep playing." We, we lost two one, but they they said that would never have happened years gone by yeah. an England team. It would have gone longer. And, yeah. So we lose the game, but. You, you still keep your principles and you keep your, and I think that as a as a as a player, if you can take that sort of um, pressure off them, so this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to play. Don't you think that? Don't you think there should be a plan B and a plan C? So you know, I know what you mean, and I and I, so like you know, you you look at you talk about Nuno, you talk about Nuno, you saying even Bielsa, yeah, Bielsa has a certain way yeah. that his team will go out yeah. and play, yeah. Uh, certain teams have came like Tony Pius has set up a Middlesbrough side and made it very difficult but he still tried and they got picked off yeah but it's, it's quite interesting that you say that because I understand as a player if you're getting drilled something yeah even if it's going wrong the man saying you know what believe in me yeah you know what I mean I, I had uh, Zola at, yeah. at, at, at Watford yeah. and he made us do things that you thought but he says no this is the, I'm yeah. the fall guy here yeah. I want you to do this yeah. do this and keep doing it yeah and it was and it is it's a if the players are getting that information yeah. and the belief yeah. and it goes right, then it's the yeah. potential of yeah. it is. Yeah. But I always thought in my head, it's always good to have a plan B. It's yeah. Like, yeah, there is a time when you can go direct or. Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, there's, there's different ways of winning games, isn't there? You know, yeah. but I've just felt that probably over the last two or three, I've learned something, you know, just to stick to your principles and stick. In, and I think. I'm looking at people like the top coaches. That that they, they have a method, and that's they they stand they stand by it. And if it is six games, they don't win anything. Yeah. That, that, that you know there might be a tweak here and that, Chris. But I think you know in the main that's we're going to stay and play our way. Yeah. yeah. And live and die by it, really. Yeah. Um, the good news is I have found 
your goal oh, right. against Notts County. Thank you. Sherpa Van <laughs> Trophy, Southern Section Final. Well, I mean, this is brilliant because somebody has recorded this while or like whilst clearly videoing or, their TV screen. So oh, it's, TV screen. it's not the greatest of quality, but yeah, looms. I, I think you've you know, I think this might even be better than yeah. the Oxford one. I just score special ones on. So I think they're already two 0 up at this point. Yeah, we, we are, yeah. But look at this, Looms. Bang! Oh, he's got a hand to it, but too much power. Too much power. What's he doing? Look at, look at the fuck. stand as well. <laughs> but look, like, Looms, look at... I mean, right, well, I'm going to bring it back for the goal again. to go again. for it. Bang, left oh. foot volley. <laughs> but look at the south bang there. You were gone as well. See the celebration? Yeah, I was off. I was off. You So somebody would have... Um, Mark Kendall, bless him. Yeah, doing a few keepy ups out. Yeah, because there's no one in. Because it it was uh, John Ireland stand at that point. John Ireland stand, yeah. Just rebuilt. Not really anyone in it. Um, and then there you all are in the dressing room. In the dressing room. That was that bloke coming through. Come on, me babies. Remember? Yeah, that one when he's the guy comes to the dressing room. She had to come on, me babies. Bloody great, bloody great. That's it, there. See, look at him dancing around. Graham Turner. See, Looms, you just missed it. I love this. See, there they all are. Dancing around on the sidelines. There's Ollie. Tomo with this beer and champagne all round. See, it's great. You see the guy come through the dressing room. And the year after, we... Do you remember we get dumped out by Torquay in the semis? Same thing. So we, we win 2-1 down at Torquay. All the coaches are booked. All the fans are booked up, so they get done two 0 at home. Quick, come through the window. <laughs> it's amazing when you need to look back and see. Just look at the fans though at the end, just as it pours there. It's like, you know, if there, if ever, if, honestly, the place was an absolute. I mean, dive. I, I was lucky was. enough. I was lucky enough to have been on the coaches um, for the celebration of promotion in the summer, and. There's a moment when the coach starts off, Keith, and like because we came out, um, and you, know, you you can see there's people on both sides of the roads, and, and it's a little bit deep, but it was when it suddenly pulled forwards and Queen Square's there, and you know all way past the man on the os, like deep, 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 and you suddenly just thought, oh my god, yeah, like oh my god, yeah, and you've had a taste of it, you've had a taste yeah. of it with the celebration of yeah. going up and stuff. If this club ever actually wins something oh God, again, I know, I know. So where do you um, where do you see it going now? This club, do you see? It well, where do you going? see it going? You're in a better um, position than I am. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of all the sort of the ownership and things. It's, it's just momentum's going, isn't it? You know, it just I'm just thinking now. You know, where where do you look at now? Europa, Europa. You know, I mean, are we looking Europa League? And then, in which case, it's another, it's another. So many million to get your, you get your squad right because you're playing Thursday yeah. night and then exactly yeah. you're coming home and playing Newcastle away on a Sunday. It's you're talking about, it's another, it's another uh, level. Yeah, definitely. And, and is it capable? So soon? Um, is that does that not, is that frighten it or does it, you know, embrace it? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know in terms of. I'm sure foresight and planning. 
It's it's going to be an incredible journey. I think whatever happens over the next couple of years, it already has been, and um, I can't wait. To be honest with you, I really can't wait. Um, exciting times. Yeah, yeah exciting definitely. times. Just got to finish off. Um, I'll tell you a little thing. When we had Ali Robertson in, yeah, come he, on. He um, well, he, he he went through and he obviously told his stories and he talked about the Tuesday nightclub and yeah. nights out and all sorts. And we finished off, and because obviously he's he's um, still working at the minute. Yeah. Well, he, he was working at the time. I think he's just retired now. Oh, okay. And um, you won't know this, Loom. So it kind of popped out to go to the loo after we'd said goodbye. And Ali comes running back down the corridor. And he's like, Mikey, Mikey, I forgot to mention Keith Downing. <laughs> he got this Alzheimer's, didn't he? Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I can't believe it. He went, I had so much that I was potentially going to say about him, and I can't believe it. He said, I've gone through all these others. So, come on, what's he dishing the dirt? Well, got no, on me, see, you? you got away with it. Right, OK. So, I mean, are there things that he should have said about not you? Not really, no. I'll tell you one story <laughs> yeah, about, I'll tell, I tell you about Ali. Can I just say, we were over at Ma, um, Magaluf, which is our usual end-of-season thing. So, Ali always had the kitty. So, everyone chipped in and always had the kitty. And... Um, but the thing was, Ali had the famous four. So I think it was Floydy, Floydy Street, Jackie Gallagher, um, himself. Can't remember the other one. But the four used to go off. But they used to go off with the kitty. So we all chipped in. And Ali controlled the kitty. So we'd all meet up at the bar. And obviously we had the young ones and the old ones. And the young ones would go one to the right and the old ones would go to the left. And Ali had always had the kitty. And I fronted him up. On one. <laughs> no one ever fronted Ali up. And I remember fronting Ali up. Because all the young lads were going, right, this, we're, having, we're chipping in. And the seniors are going off and spending all the money. So I fronted him up for the first time ever. No one ever did it. I won't tell you what happened. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when you woke up later yeah, on that yeah, night. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it was, um, Ali was great. Great, great for us. Top man. Top man. He was um, the leader, leader on and off the pitch. And... Um, I'm grateful for the, all those places you knew in Birmingham that stayed open. <laughs> it sounds like it was a fun All those private time. membership clubs, you know. Yeah. Brilliant to have you in. Keith, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. Thank Thanks you. very much. Thanks for listening to The Old Gold Club, powered by Wolverhampton Building Supplies. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts.